everybody? This is the official Boys Boys Lots of Toys coming to you live on Cinco de Mayo. Ay, ay, ay. This is uh, Justin. I'm coming to you live from Seattle with the rest of the boys. We got Jake as well as special guest Zane on the call. Boys, introduce yourselves once again. Oh, always excited. And I'm more of an ay, ay, than an ay, 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 but still drinking on the Cinco de Mayo. I hated that. I, I love that, Jake. I'm I wasn't excited before, but now I'm fired up. This is special guest Zane. What a week we have. Live sports on ESPN this week. Korean baseball's on. UFC's coming up. Here we go, baby. Let's get it started. Absolutely. Love the energy tonight, boys. Uh, we got a lot of fun segments for you guys. Um, as usual, we have our uh, awesome headlines of the week. We tell you guys what caught our eye in the sports world. Um, as per usual. Then we introduce our special, special guest, young Christopher Zamblin, long overdue, to uh, join us on our segments, including the UFC betting. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, there are some fights going down this weekend. Um, so we give you the whole spread, who we're betting on, what to look out for. Um, the following segment is our very special Zag Cinco de Zago, uh, where we give you guys our all-time starting five. Um, Zane, Jake, and myself are not local uh, Spokane people, uh, so it's going to be interesting to hear the contrast between uh, Zambi's past in Spokane, him being being able to see all of those uh, zags of the past and ours with just the few five, six years we've kind of been around this atmosphere. So going to dive in there and then close with our, uh, with our great interview with, uh, with Zambi and then um, close out with our announcements. So I guess I'll start us off right away, kind of change things up with our headlines. Huge news in the world of college football. Gus Duggerton is now the official head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Air Raid offense. Goodbye, USC. He's done with them. Good riddance. Now he's and finally one, a head coach. The one leg that they could stand on is now gone on why USC is even mentionable, even relevant. Bye-bye. Go Raiders! Oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys? Did you guys say something? I my audio must have cut out for a second. I don't care. Coach Duggs, he did his job. He came. He did whatever USC coach aspires to do. He won himself a Rose Bowl. I'm glad. I, he, his time was up. He did all I was he could. It wasn't sanctions I kicked Coach Duggs <laughs> off of USC. Did you see that Texas Tech's? Um, what is it? Their compliance Twitter tweeted at Coach Doug saying that they expect a clean program while he's here. <laughs> yeah, there's no chance that's happening. Um, as we all know, Doug's is big into the black market of recruits. He's always in the back door, giving out money bags, you know, getting his recruits in there. I thought it was pretty funny, though, uh, as Big Cat was going through his team. You know you, how you kind of do an NCAA 14. Um, he was going through looking at his players. They had – Incredible skill position players. You know, they're all in the 90s, whatever, 90s, 90s, all around, running back, tight end, all that good stuff. They go to the O-line, and his center is literally a 44 overall. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a little tough. It's going to be a little tough to run Scrambling pitch. Wildcat. I guess, I guess apparently uh, Pat Mahomes is technically the quarterback, though, so that'll be pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Um, my take on it all, you know, it's just another step. Eventually, I think he will be a head coach uh, at the highest level, you know, maybe Pac-12, SEC, he, whatever it might be. Is but he not the head coach for Texas Tech? 
He is, he is. But I don't really consider that. Obviously, it's Power Five, but you know, we're a big, big dog. Is that a is that uh, a demotion? Uh, I don't think nowadays. No, Maybe in twenty fourteen, but definitely not in twenty twenty. I don't know. Cliff Kingsbury got fired from Texas Tech, and then went to offensive coordinator at USC for about a week, and then he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. But I, I think that's a little bit of a demotion. So I think the hierarchy goes Texas Tech, USC, Arizona Cardinals. Is that correct? <laughs> not even. Uh, not even. Tough. Yeah. Well, anywho, um, pretty pretty exciting news considering we're now talking about a video, a guy playing a video game in the sports world. Uh, but anywho, Jake, what you got for me? Oh, oh boy, I've got to I've got to go uh, with the. An- Headline that's close to my heart, where uh, the Bears have declined to pick up the fifth-year option, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. MVP. It's, Mitch not Trubisky. In, it's not in sadness because this is going to be the catalyst that Trubisky needs because Trubisky is like hydrogen. It doesn't do much, but when you provide that spark, boy, it's explosive. And he's going to use this, this drive, this, uh, just this motivation to get – 1,300 rushing yards on the oh season, probably 4,000 passing yards, <laughs> and, you know, uh, three-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. So, uh, That hurt to try and listen to you say that, Jake. I'm sorry. Uh, you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard the swan song so many times. Oh, what about, oh, if the Chargers just aren't injured, we'll be really good this year. <laughs> Yeah, so we still have more playoff wins in the last, like, five years. Anyways, anyways. Who? Mm-hmm. We when, beat the Ravens. When was the last playoff win? Last year, 20 – technically 2019, they beat the Ravens. You didn't beat the – oh, not this year. But the year before last year. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait. Anyways, ah, anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But, no, I think, I mean, from both both sides, for Trubisky and the, the organization, it was the right move to do. Um, because, hey, if he has a great year, he'll make more money, <laughs> technically, next year, you know. Because he'll get, like, $30 billion probably. He's That's not what's probably going to happen. Is Trubisky's going to have an amazing year, get, like, that $30 million a year contract. Stop. You'll see. <laughs> I would take him over Dak. I would take him over Dak. I I don't know about that. This this take was brought to you by El Yucateco. No, no, this is a cold take. This is as cold as the freezer in a sausage factory in Chicago. Stop him, please, Um, Paige. This This is is my time. You get to talk about whatever you want in your (laughs) sports headlines. This is my time. All right, all right. I think we've had enough Trubisky talk for the next, like, month. Zane, give me what you got. Well, I'm just going to keep up, I guess, what is the theme of hazing in this headline segment. The Raiders announced a couple of hours ago that they have waived Deshaun Kaiser from their roster. He's gone. Another another Notre Dame great, gone from the NFL, won't get picked up. 
it it's hard to see. You hate to see it. And honestly, I love Deshaun Kaiser for his wins at Notre Dame and for his losing with the Packers. He did everything I wanted and expected him to do. So, you know, tip of the hat to Deshaun. Well, I guess in that in that aspect, yeah, he probably did help you out a little bit. But uh, and, and if it wasn't enough, if it wasn't enough that a Notre Dame quarterback got waived. They also waived a Notre Dame linebacker, Tavon Coney. I don't know who the guy is, but he was just that subsect. Oh, I, I looked up sports headlines about two hours ago, and it said Notre Dame players waived. Oh, hate to see it. Because we're such a big program that it's even mentioned. Oh, I bet USC guys would love to be waived because it means they got signed. QBU, baby, QBU. QBU. Oh, boy. Carson Palmer's really good, guys. <laughs> Sam Darnold, take the Jets all the way. That's a segment for another day. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll we'll cross this bridge when uh, college football is not only announced but uh, kicking off. Um, with that being said, you know any last thoughts on on any sports going on before we head into UFC, guys? Um, tagging off what you said about college football, I'm a little worried. Like everyone's gonna have so much pent up sports aggression and anger that this could be this. The most explosive year for college football if the season happens. Yeah, viewership like, Even wise, with no fans in the stadium, everyone's just going to be like, no, fuck you. You were wrong. You are wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. The other, right, the other well, sports uh, thing, uh, Korean baseball. Korean baseball is back. We've all oh. – we, I think we've kind oh. of picked our teams, right? I thought you said Creighton baseball. I'm like, <laughs> What? <laughs> Korean baseball is back, and I, I love that Twitter account that we heard that I, I shared with you guys. The, oh, I did too. I found he out was I'm comparing a Kia Tigers fan. He, has, he was comparing it uh, to like the American sports team. So Jake is a Tigers fan who is compared to Notre Dame football, and the the description he had for the Tigers is as follows. He says, do you like the smell of rotting tradition? Are you that kind of asshole who enjoys hearing yourself talk about the storied history of this franchise while the team on the field is sinking like a warm milk left out of the fridge? Then your team is... All the way, I'm a huge Kia fan. I'm probably going to buy a Kia. Trade in the thing. I might jump on the Tigers uh, with you, Jake. I might be a Tigers fan. Go Tigers. We don't want you. We don't want the Trojans. Hold that Tiger. <laughs> um, interesting. I did not pick my team. I was on the Dinos earlier. You and, were a Dinos guy. The, the Jake, Dinos I feel have... like you're in flux with a lot of sports right now and which team you support. It's Come a on, difficult Oh, topic. hey. Your body's growing. Yeah, I like my Padres, and there's not really a Padres description, so I'm going to go with the uh, – I like the – I want to be the rich asshole for once because the Padres <laughs> never seem to uh, do that. I don't want to be the big brother in this relationship. I'm going with the uh, Daegu Samsung Lions. Go Lions, baby. Ah, the Jackson Wood pick. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm definitely backing out of the Tigers. I'm going back to my dinos. Good. Tigers Ooh. never wanted you. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see who comes out on top because I have a feeling it's going to be the Lions. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, hey, everything's everyone for checking in with our headlines. And I think we'll, we'll roll into our next segment um, in regards to UFC betting. Do we have any sponsors for today's uh, segment? This any segment, hot takes? This segment is sponsored by Spumoni. Get your Spumoni today. Love it. Get, to, get your Spumoni. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the long-awaited interview with Mr. Christopher Zamblin. Zambi, how are we doing? Hey, you know, life can be better. Um, while I wish I wasn't stuck in my room right now, uh, you know, the birds are chirping, the sun's out, so can't complain too much. Awesome. Love to hear that, man. Love to hear that you're doing well. Um, we're super excited to have you on. We're, we're even bringing you on for a few extra segments. How do you feel about being the first guest uh, besides maybe a Mitchell Penny to actually join in on some of the segments? You know, uh, regardless, I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming, like you said, but um, avid supporter of the podcast, Elias um, Tecco as well. Great stuff there. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to give some thoughts and uh, spread some some uh, Gonzaga knowledge right here. Love it. Love it. And I think without further ado, Zane, do you want to uh, take us through the matchups for this weekend? Oh, do I ever. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. It is time, May 9th, Jacksonville, Florida. UFC 249 is here. Early prelims starting at 3.30 p.m. Regular prelims starting at 5 p.m. Main card, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, of course. We're all in Seattle. Uh, This is Big Boys. First live action sports that we've had in a while. I know we got the Korean baseball right now. Let's be honest, UFC is where it's at. We can finally gamble, satisfy our addictions. How do you guys feel about this? I'm all in, baby. Torqued. Excellent, excellent. And and just to preface this for everyone, we have all decided that we are going to be betting on 10 individual fights, ranging from the early prelims to the regular prelims, all the way to the main card. Uh, we brought Zamblin in because he's going to be joining us as well. So what I'm going to do for you here is give you a run-through, quick run-through of those 10 different fights, give you a little information about the guys fighting, and then we'll announce our picks, which are either going to be the money line of who wins or potentially a couple of over-unders for the round in which the fight ends. So without further ado, the first fight of the night, the first sporting event in nearly – Six, seven, eight weeks. I don't know where we're at. The weeks, not years. It feels longer. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a light heavyweight fight bout Ooh. between Ryan, Superman Span, and he is fighting against Sam Smile N. Alvi. This fight is the biggest spread between any two fighters of the night. Ryan Span <laughs> is favored at minus. 400. He's on a seven-fight winning streak. Uh, he is a submission specialist, while Sam Alvey, who is almost coming up on his 50th professional fight, 
is on a three-game losing streak. Boys, this one is easy for me. I'm going with Superman, minus 400, lock it in. This is just to tickle, tickle things off for the day, take the easy win, put a dollar in your account, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you, Zane. I'm going Span all the way. I chose him before I even saw the pictures just because he sounded like Spawn, and I like that movie. But looking at the, the, the graphic, oh, boy. Like, the, this, this damn and all these guys, like, ha-ha, I'm ready. And he's not ready. He's going to get murdered. Yeah, it doesn't look like much of a, of a match to me. Sorry, Mr. Alvey. I'm going, I'm going with Span. Lock it in. Hey, well, um, I'll be the dark horse here. Uh, I'm going with Alvy. <laughs> Ooh. Going with Alvy, and Alvy is at plus 300, so Zamblin could triple his yeah. money here. Because remember, yeah. we're doing $5 bets on each of these fights, and whoever has the most money at the end is just the winner. We don't yeah. know of what, just the winner. Oh, you guys have $5 minimums? Shit. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> my reasoning behind my pick here, um, one, Alvy does not have a Superman tattoo on his chest. Bad life mistake. Uh, he has a longer endurance, and he relies more on technique. So that's Ooh. why I went with uh, Alvy. Interesting. I like it. This. I like it. All right. Well, Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, and that, that fight between Superman and Smiley N will be the only early prelim we will uh, be dabbling in gambling-wise. Just because it's the first fight of the night, we thought we'd, we'd tickle our fancy there. So next, we're going into the regular prelims, starting at 5 p.m. The first matchup, we have Uriah, primetime Hall, fighting against 14th-ranked contender, Ronaldo Jacare Sueza, in the middle, middleweight bout here. Um, quick overview of this fight. This is the battle of the two most inconsistent fighters in the UFC. Uh, pretty <clears throat> evenly matched, I would say. Uriah Hall, plus 100. Ronald Sueza, minus 130. Uh, Uriah Hall, for those of you who don't know, uh, was featured on, featured and won the Ultimate Fighter, which is like a reality TV show for the UFC, and the winner gets a UFC contract, and they just compete for a couple weeks while they're locked in the house. Pretty cool. Pretty cool show if you haven't seen it. But Uriah Hall on that show had what is largely considered the filthiest knockout in MMA history. He had a spinning back kick that nearly killed another man. I sent it to the boys earlier today, and I think they were just as blown away by me. However, that being said, I am picking Ronald Jacare. Sueza at minus 130 as the favorite simply because his nickname is Jakare and I think that might have something to do with Game of Thrones. I don't think Jakare has it's probably Portuguese would be my guess but Jakares Jake Jakares. How's it <laughs> Zane you're thinking of Jakares. Jakares. Close the... enough. If the fighter is naming himself after Game of Thrones, he's a nerd. I don't want anything to do with that. Uriah Hall, that's like a country-like name, you know? It's like Jebediah. It's like if they made it this far in fighting, it's it's just pure strength. I'm going Yeah. Yep. Hammer that Hall pick. His nickname's Primetime. I mean, you got to love it, baby. He's, he's there for the big moment. 
he's going to go down swinging, and I'm just hoping one of those punches or one of those kicks are going to connect. So, lock me in for Hall. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree on Hall here. Um, one thing that has been noted, Hall has seven and a half more inches in reach than Souza. He also has a higher TKO percentage. So, that's why I'm going to be putting uh, probably about 50 bucks on Hall. Oh, big pick from Zamlin. 50 bucks on Hall. We're out here betting $5, Zamlin's like, I'm not a poor boy. <laughs> My two closing yeah. comments uh, on this fight. One, Uriah primetime Hall. I don't know about you, but that's not Deion Sanders out there. You can't call yourself primetime unless, unless you're Deion the great Sanders. Two, <laughs> two after that knockout that I sent you guys, that spinning back kick, Uriah Hall went on to lose uh, four of his next five fights. I think, I think that kick got in his own head. I think he's scared. But nonetheless, the, uh, the table's out. Three to one against Zane right now. Moving along to our next matchup. This has been uh, called the cat fight of the night. It's the only exclusive women's fight. We have Carla, Cookie Monster, Esparza, versus Michelle, the Karate Hottie, Watterson, in a strawweight bout. Uh, This is the battle of the best nicknames, as far as I'm concerned, with Cookie Monster going against the Karate Hottie. Uh, This is also a top 10 matchup. We have the number seven contender going against the number eight contender. Uh, Pretty even, Esparza minus 160, Watterson plus 130. Couple notes on Carla Esparza. She is 5'1, extremely short, borderline midget status. Um, she likes she likes to go the distance. 53% of her fights have been won by decision. Uh, and the average fight time for her fights is near is over 14 minutes. Each round is only five minutes. They typically fight three rounds. So she basically goes the, she averages almost uh, a full fight every single time. Michelle Watterson, 34 years old, but doesn't look it, um, likes to submit her opponents. Uh, 53% of her wins are by submission, and her average fight time is also nearly 14 minutes. This fight will go the distance, ladies and gentlemen, and since it will go the distance, I will go with the fighter who wins when it goes the distance. 53% of the time, your winner, Carla, Cookie Monster, Esparza, minus 160. Well, you really pivoted there. I thought you were going full Michelle Watterson. It sounded like you wanted to be one of those submissions. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, I'm going Carla Esparza. Um, I don't know. I just like the name better. Great. Great logic there, Jake. Um, you know, I think I'm going to I'm going to roll with the karate hottie Michelle Watterson because we, we all know it's going down to the end. And uh, I want someone who can actually finish the fight at the end when they're both tired, clock's running out, and uh, the karate hottie puts the final touch on a masterpiece of a fight. So give me uh, Michelle Watterson. Yeah, no, I'm thinking uh, Esperanza on this one. Uh, she has a higher submission uh, percentage and a good track record. <clears throat> she also looks a little bit less intimidating than Watterson, which leads me to believe she's uh, lovely, not a fighter. And as you guys know, that's my mantra right here. Um, but I mean, Larson, she's cute. 
Yeah. <laughs> like we could have CrossFit kids together. It'd be awesome. Emlyn, you're torn between the cute one and the more intimidating looking one is what it sounds like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so we're locking you in for Esparza. Uh, he's just rubbing his mustache right now. He's rubbing that quarantine. Right, we we got to move on. Zamblin's getting too excited looking at this screen. Oh, get him more excited. Oh, how short. All right, boys. Next fight is a heavyweight, heavyweight bout. We got Alexiev, the boa constrictor, Olenek. You might recognize that last name. No relation. Versus Fabricio, Vai Cavallo, Wordem. I don't know what Vai Cavallo means, uh, but that's his nickname. Uh, quick pick here. Winner, Alexei Olenek. He's got the last name. Uh, he's a plus one or plus 250 underdog here. Uh, he's a submission specialist, wins by submission 79% of the time. His record is 58, 13, and one. That is 72 professional fights, ladies and gentlemen. And he's Russian. Lock it in. Easy win, Olenek. I couldn't agree with you more. He's fighting his way out of Siberia. There's going to be two hits here him hitting fabrico and then fabricio fucking ground fabricio fabricio here would be jake fabricio for cinco de mayo you guys aren't <laughs> brazilian you're not portuguese it could be fab fabrico who knows there's an eye there jake it cannot be fabrico anywho uh um, I think I'm going to roll with, uh, God, you know, I want to give Fabricio some love, but I, I everything in me just makes me want to pick Alexi. Um, he just looks tougher, if I'm being honest with you guys. And he looks like he would just beat the shit out of anyone. So I'm, I'm going with Alexi. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Um, I mean, having a nickname of Bow Constrictor is pretty badass. <laughs> and on top of that, um, I looked up his opponent's uh, <clears throat> wordum or whatever the fuck he is. Um, I looked up his stats. There's basically nothing on UFC's website about him. So, hmm. I mean, I'm going to go with the record. Lock it in. We heard it there first. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all going with the underdog uh, at plus 250 as it stands now. The boa constrictor. Uh, let, it, let it be noted that the boa constrictor is also on the all ears team. Those things are wild. But yes. We'll move on. Dumbo like. You could fly. <laughs> uh, the sorry, next fight. Ask, is, oh. is swearing okay on this? Oh, absolutely. It's, it is encouraged. So far, our only sponsors <laughs> are alcohol and a hot sauce company. I don't think either <laughs> much. <laughs> all right. And this next fight, this is an intriguing one. The last prelim of the night. Uh, between two actually like pretty pretty notable opponents, we have a welterweight bout: Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, this is the battle of the veterans here. Uh, they've both been fighting since 2013. In fact, this is the second fight between these two fighters. Uh, Pettis won the first fight by knockout in the first round. Uh, in addition, this is also a comeback fight for both of these guys. They're both on losing streaks. Uh, you might recognize Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He just lost to Conor McGregor a couple months ago. <clears throat> he got oh. knocked out. 
in the first round, the first shoulder knockout I've ever seen. Pretty, pretty uh, nice move there by Conor McGregor. Uh, Donald Cerrone is also, he gets the nod for being taller and longer. Uh, I, and not by much, but still. Uh, big thing for Cerrone, if you're looking for a reason to pick him, he enters the ring in a cowboy hat every single fight. That's kind of mm. cool. Therefore, I am picking Donald Cowboy Cerrone plus 115 underdog. When it's 115, uh, it's 115 apiece. So I, I, I got to give the nod to the underdog here. Give me Cerrone. He needs to bounce back after what I thought was an embarrassing loss to Conor McGregor. I think he's going to come back. Cerrone, lock it in. I I mean, I agree with you. I like the nickname Cowboy, but looking at this picture, Anthony Pettis has two children tattoos full on his chest. That's just toughness. Like, I don't, I don't want to mess with that. Like, that's not like, oh, I'm trying to look cool tattoos. That's like deep meaning, and he's fighting for them. Pettis all the way. I love the, love the logic once again, Jake. Um, I, I like Zane's logic, though, um, on this pick. You know, Cowboy, great nickname. Uh, it sounds like he's got literally everything going against him, including this is a revenge game. We must note that. This is a revenge game. Uh, so lock me in for the Cowboy. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to agree with you guys there. Uh, <clears throat> Cerrone, there's one thing that's scarier than somebody's pissed, and it's someone who's already lost. And uh, can you hear me? Volume. Yeah. Phone closer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's one thing that's worse than a guy who's pissed off, and it's one who's pissed off and wants to win. And that's why I'm taking Cerrone purely based on track record. He wears a cowboy hat, and he's not going to go down easy. So that's why I'm going with him. Yeehaw, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving on to the main card, and I can see the eyes on the screen lighting up right now because we have our big boy heavyweight matchup of the night. We're not just talking heavyweights. These are the heaviest of heavyweights. We have Greg, the Prince of War, Hardy, versus Yorgon, the Mad Titan, DeCastro. This is another um, all-nickname fight of the night. I don't know if it's quite as good as Cookie Monster or uh, the Karate Hottie, but this has also been dubbed the knockout fight of the night. Both of these individuals have an extremely high knockout rate. Hardy, 100% of his wins have been by knockout. DeCastro, 80% of his wins are by knockout. Neither of them have a submission win in their young careers. Um, they couldn't fit of, them in between their arms. There's no <laughs> way they could. Speaking <laughs> of young careers, they have a total of 11 professional fights between the two of them. Greg Hardy, 5-1. and one. Jorgon DeCastro, undefeated at 5-0. and oh. That being said, someone needs to lose. All I have to say is pray for the canvas in this fight. I'm not taking a winner. I'm taking the under at one and a half plus 135. That means this fight will not go to the second round. This will be a first round knockout. Oh, boy. I love that. I love that pick. 
You want it, Jake. You want it. I don't know. I'm going. I'm going. Jorgen the Mad Titan De Castro. He's from Cape Verde, which is just literally a Bond island or Bond villain type island in the middle of the Atlantic. He's gonna knock. I agree with you. It's only gonna last one round, but it's Jorgen De Castro. So I'm doing a parlay under and Jorgen winning. Ooh, what 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 is Jorgen uh, money line? Uh, Jorgen was at, hang on, let me pull it up. He, he's the underdog, right? I think Jorgen's the underdog. Yeah, he's plus 167. What was that, the under at? That's a moneymaker for, for Jake right there. Yeah, you know what? I'm betting 50 on Oh! <laughs> Sheesh. All right, then. <laughs> so tough back to follow. Izzy, Izzy's in the background yeah. just, just screaming. Oh, man. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. I'm going to win big. My last bet, it was the parlay. Zags beating St. Mary's with the spread. It's perfect. Beautiful. All right, Paige, give us yours. All right, I'm keeping it simple here, guys. And also, you guys realize this is the Greg Hardy who played for, like, the Panthers and the Cowboys, right? Yeah, yeah. I did this not guy's a that. football player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, this is the same guy? Yeah, but I think he had some domestic <laughs> yeah. violence issues. Um, well, it's good he's traveling it in other places, I guess. <laughs> I guess so, man. Um, yeah, I'm going to roll. You know, I was going to pick Hardy, but I cannot support someone who's been in any form of allegations like that. So I'm just going to roll with Jorgen DeCastro. Just give me, give me his, uh, his line, and I'll be happy. I got confidence in my guy. Yeah, you know, um, well, well, I personally do not, and I'm assuming boys, boys, lots of toys, they do not promote um, domestic violence here. Um, I'm going to have to go with Hardy. If he can knock a chick out, I mean, the cat show kind of looks like a chick, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the pick from Zamblin. I love the pick from Jake and Paige. We're all over the place on this one. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Zambi's a supporter of Greg Hardy is what yes. I came out with there. <laughs> hey, I, I want to I get money. <laughs> I want to get money. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> Republicans buy Nikes too. Here we go. That fight is at 7 p.m. We'll move on from that one. <laughs> the next fight we have is the featherweight bout. We have Calvin Qatar, the number seven contender, and Jeremy Lil Heathen Stevens, number nine <laughs> contender. Uh, this is a top 10 contender fight for the featherweight class. That being said, it bores me to absolute death. Jeremy Heathen, he has a super long career. He's been in the UFC for 12 years. Um, Alvin Qatar, 20 and four. Uh, this, this pick strictly comes down to the nickname. Lil Heathen has to be the worst nickname I've ever heard. Jeremy Stevens is a loser name. I'm going Calvin Qatar minus 250. Yeah, I agree. Nothing – I mean, it's just the widest names fighting each other. Like, for who, which is the widest name? Calvin rumor, or Jeremy? Rumor has it that these two individuals, Jeremy Stevens and Calvin Qatar, both went to BYU. I believe it. They <laughs> learned how to fight in uh, their mission trips. <laughs> <laughs> the world learning all the martial arts and teaching the book 
Uh, but yeah, nice. I'm just gonna go Calvin too, just because he's taller. That's the only reason. There you go. I don't like either of them. Yeah, pretty boring. A uh, couple of picks right here. I'm going with Calvin. Uh, my logic is I cannot pick someone who has Jeremy Stevens's haircut. Um, <laughs> just shave it off, dude. I'm going Calvin. Yeah, no. Um, actually, <laughs> I went with Calvin. Also, in my notes here, um, it's like Char <laughs> has better hair, <laughs> longer each and longer legs. So. And now that we've dubbed that, now that we've dubbed that the worst fight of the night, I can guarantee (laughs) you this will be the most exciting fight you're not going to want to miss. Stevens versus Qatar, ladies and gentlemen. But moving along, (laughs) this is perhaps what I am going to claim to be the fight of the night. This is the one I'm most excited about. Another heavyweight bout. However, these are two of the highest ranked uh, contenders right now and it's in it i'll just disclaimer right here this is the all difficult names to pronounce fight of the night we have francis the predator and ganu really proud of how you pronounce francis there zane you did it (laughs) francis and ganu versus and this i'm out on a limb here folks jarzinho Biggie Boy, Rosenstrike. I do know it's Rosenstrike. I had to look that one up earlier today. Uh, and, and this is a big fight. We have the number two contender going against the number six contender. If you didn't think the uh, Hardy versus DeCastro heavyweight bout was going to bring some thunder, this one's going to bring even more. Uh, this is another knockout specialist fight. Uh, this has also been dubbed the fight to see who will get to fight against Daniel Cormier in the next couple of months, who is, I believe, the number one contender right now uh, for the heavyweights. That could be wrong. He could be the champion. I, I could be wrong there. But UFC is also calling this the Sports Center top 10 fight. Um, both these guys average under 2.5 rounds. So there's going to be a knockout. They don't finish fights. Uh, extremely big bodies, both 6'4, both about 250 pounds. A little background on Francis Ngannou here. He's 13 and three. Uh, he has a significant reach advantage here. His arms are five inches longer and his legs are four inches longer than his opponent. He wins by knockout 71% of the time. Uh, he has in DraftKings, this is a quote from DraftKings, he is one of the most terrifying punchers in the MMA. However, Rosenstrike on the other side, undefeated, 10 and 0, wins by knockout 90% of the time. He is from the Republic of of Suriname, which I didn't know was a country until today. Uh, it is, <laughs> yeah, apparently it is a Dutch colony in South America. Uh, fun facts about the Republic of Suriname. The capital is Paramaribo. It gained independence from the Netherlands in 1954, and 11 different languages are spoken in the Republic of Suriname. That being said, my pick, it's an easy one, Francis Ngannou. Minus 300. I'm not going out on a limb here. Uh, but I will say I'm also considering the over-under again at one and a half. I think this could be another first-round knockout. Oh, baby. You know, I'm taking Rosenstruck all the way. First round, another parlay. He's going to be telling Francis, sit down in 11 different languages. Nice. <laughs> Hey, Jake, Jake, Jake. I, how could you pick someone with the nickname 
or how could you not pick someone with the nickname the Predator? Um, oh, boy, that's a Francis. Great- Francis is absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah, lock me in for Francis. This guy's scary. Yeah, you know, uh, I can also disagree with you guys there. Um, I'm going with uh, Rosenstrike here. Um, he averages longer match times. He has more power. I think it's a, a good lock here. Also, Manny Ramirez in the 2004 ALCS. Tons of pine tar. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Call me, me off guard there, Zamblin. Uh, so looks like looks like the podcast is split on that one. We have two for Ngannou, two for Rosenstrike. I will say, um, I think I I do think Rosenstrike is quite the underdog in this one. Jake, do you know his odds right now? Is it over two hundred? Uh, let me pull it up. Do 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 do. Because I I do know Ngannou is a heavy favorite at minus three hundred. Of course, Rosen Strike. I have at two thirty-five, plus two thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a big. He he is he is an underdog. The biggest underdog of the night here. Yeah, under- I'm throwing twenty on that with the under. Oh, going. It, I'm gonna I'm gonna win so much money Saturday. It's crazy. <laughs> you guys are just missing out. Here we go. We have our ninth fight of the night. Only two more hang in there with us. This is the only championship fight of the night. Belt is on the line. We have Henry, the messenger, Sejudo, champion of the bantamweight class, going against challenger, Dominic, the dominator, Cruz. Great nickname, Dominic, the dominator. I think that goes really well. I like the alliteration there. Sejudo is an absolute terror. This guy is on a five-fight win streak, protecting his title belt. He's on an absolute terror right now. Cruz, however, 18-1. and J-Page, he's actually from San Diego. He is the oh. former champion of the bantamweight class and defended his title twice uh, and won it back twice as well. He has not fought since December of 2016. What? Long time ago. He has been a broadcaster since as well as fighting injuries. For me, this is an easy, easy pick. I'm going to parlay. You heard it right, Jake. I'm parlaying with you on this one. Sahudo is going to win this fight, and he's going to do it under 4.5 rounds. That's right. The over-under is at 4.5 right now. As long as they don't finish the fight, I will get the under, and Sahudo's going to win it. See, uh, I'm taking Cruz on this one. I think it's going to be a warrior-like situation where the old retired fighter just gets back in it because he's, he's hungrier. And this, this young, flashy kid. I am a little hesitant because Cruz is from San Diego, which I consider a soft city with all its sunny beaches. But, um, <laughs> I mean, 18-1 speaks for itself, so I'm going Cruz. Are you worried about the three and a half years that he has not fought? No, he's just been building a deep anger that he's ready to unleash on this 20-something. Mm, interesting, interesting. Classic Gilman. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hit the same thing Zane's hitting, the parlay. Give me Cejudo, give me the under. Uh, I love it. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, Cejudo, higher KO percentage, and uh, – 
Yeah, you know, <clears throat> if you guys saw a video of Mike Tyson, I got to look straight at 53. So age isn't really an issue here. I think as long as there's some bark in the dog, you know, they can still bite. Is there enough bark in this dog or is there a, just a yap? We'll find out Saturday night. Let it be noted, Henry Cejudo, though, he is only 5'4", fighting against guys 5'8". That's a challenge in itself. In addition, Henry Cejudo could be Justin Page's older brother. If you look at these two individuals, there's very much that looks – the similarities are glaring. Cejudo's got the exact same hair, and they're both equally as wide as they are tall. So this is a big body that we're dealing here with Cejudo. <laughs> He's like a mini big body, though. I'm much larger than him, although he could easily kick my ass. He's like if you had a Russian doll, like, that goes inside of Jay Page, that's, that's Sehudo. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, we know you can't shake. I tried right. my best. Now we are moving on to the main event. <laughs> A big fight we have here. We have Tony Ferguson, number one contender in uh, what weight class is this? Is this the featherweight class? I don't have that written down. Tony Ferguson, the number one contender right now in his weight class, going against Justin the Highlight Gachi. For those of you who don't know, this fight was originally scheduled to be fought between Tony Ferguson and Khabib. However, due to travel restrictions, Khabib has been forced to withdraw. Justin Gatchi is taking his place with just a couple weeks' notice, actually. Um, and then that being said, the winner of this fight likely will get to fight Khabib uh, when he is allowed to again. However, I'm not sure. That being said, I don't know if you want to win this fight. Um, Ferguson, he is, of course, a phenomenal fighter. Uh, he is 26-3. and three. He is an extremely unorthodox fighter. He is praised for his ability to attack in, a numerous, uh, in numerous ways uh, for which uh, opponents don't know uh, which direction his attacks are coming from. He has very good stamina. He has a significant reach advantage here, nearly half a foot. He is on a 12-fight win streak. Uh, but, but there has been a lot of criticism for Tony uh, even taking this fight because uh, – it, it could take away his chance at the championship belt, uh, and he's fighting a guy who is deemed very dangerous. That being said, Justin Gachi, 21-2. and two. Uh, he is quote, He's gone on record saying, I don't fight to win or lose. I fight to entertain. That is a dangerous man right there. Joe Rogan, uh, in discussing this matchup, said, in a sport that is inherently violent, Justin Gachi stands out as the most violent he is an absolute knockout machine that being said he is also an absolute zombie he takes the most significant strikes of any fighter in the ufc he takes 10 significant strikes per minute that's 50 significant strikes per round. for those of you who don't know a significant strike is not just a jab to the face it is a hook it is a kick to the body he is a absolute warrior i'm going underdog Justin Gatchi, plus 155. We're going to have a new number one contender, ladies and gentlemen. Give me the knockout specialist. Give me the entertainer. See, you know, I, I was following along, but 
looking at the pictures, it's you got to go with the the ear uh, theory. Whoever has the widest ears is usually the best fighter because he was made fun of the most as a kid, and that's Tony Ferguson. <laughs> so Tony Ferguson <laughs> all the way. Right with yeah, my let me, let me let me read you guys a little something about El Cucuy. El Cucuy is a Mexican urban legend. Legend says it that once upon a time, a father was really angry at his kids for misbehaving. As a matter of punishment, he decided to lock his kids in his closet to learn their lesson. After a while, he decided to go, go to town and run some errands, but he forgot to take his kids out of the closet. When he came back from the town, he saw that his barn and his house had caught on fire, which killed the kids, and the father was cursed. In disbelief, he decided to look for his kids in many closets. It has been years from... Wow, this is written out terribly. <laughs> it has been years for him looking for his kids, and apparently he has grown an appetite for, for those kids. Now he hunts kids and hides in closets at night, waiting for the right moment to pounce. Oh, my God. That is, that is El Cucuy, the Mexican urban legend. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice on uh, El Cucuy. By the way, that's, that's Tony Ferguson. That's nope. insane. <laughs> is, is that like a, a bedtime story? What the hell? <laughs> Sounds like it's like a Mexican <laughs> urban legend. Damn. Uh, what's the moral there? Like, what's the lesson? Don't lock your kids in a closet? Or don't I don't know. Instead, closet. <laughs> but basically, oh, basically oh, 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 what it is? It's, it's, you know, uh, it's a, it's a legend where you use like if your kids are misbehaving, they're going to be like, uh oh, el cucuy. If you keep misbehaving, which is absolutely terrifying, but uh, yeah, pretty scary stuff. Uh, Zamblin, save us. <laughs> save us, Zamblin. Uh, so, honestly, I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I'm going to go with uh, Cartier, or however you say it. Um, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Um, I mean, my main reasoning is the tattoo on his ribcage kind of looks like he's a little little loose up in the head and so that's just my my intuition i love it i love it and if you guys have a chance <clears throat> justin gachi has some of the freaking craziest highlights that you can watch he's in fights where he can barely stand up and all of a sudden huh. this happens multiple times so it's not just a freak accident he'll be wobbling and just launch a punch out of nowhere and knock out his opponent right as he's about to get knocked out so, the, like I said, the guy is a zombie. He's going to be very tough to knock out. That is going to be a very good fight. A lot of professional um, fighters are split on who they think is going to win. But that being said, that closes out our UFC board here. We have the full board up, 10 fights, 10 different bets, the big contentious ones, at least between the pod, seem to be uh, we got Span versus Albi. That's not really contentious. I'm pretty sure we all went Span. But that's the first fight, so you're going to want to tune into that one. Cookie Monster versus the Karate Hottie. That's going to be a big one. Hardy versus DeCastro. And Ganwu versus Rosenstrike. And, of course, the main event, Ferguson versus Gachi. Tune in, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to want to miss this. Love it. Love it. Way to go, boys. I'm looking forward. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to winning some money on Saturday. I feel pretty good about my picks. Um, with that being said, Jake, what do we got next, man? Oh, we got we got something special for the listeners next. We got a uh, Cinco de Zago in honor of our Cinco de Mayo uh, uh, record day. So we're we're each gonna give. We we saw Rui Hachimura. He posted his top five Zag starters. Uh, um, I got a lot of context to give. the The team he had though was pretty stacked. It was John Stockton, Adam Morrison. Himself of Kurt, of course. You got to go with the Japanese jump man, uh, Brandon Clark, and Demontis Sabonis. So uh, now we're gonna each give. Uh, if we had a starting five, Zags, we're gonna each give our starting five. So um, without further ado, uh, JP, let's uh, let's hear your starting five. Oh boy, I'm up first. I just made a late a late minute um, addition to the squad. Oh boy. Um it's nothing it's nothing crazy. It's nothing super contentious well, as I was originally planning. Um I see my team isn't much different from Rui's as I imagine uh yours aren't either because those are pretty much, you know, five of the six or seven best zags. I'm rolling with uh I'm rolling with Stockton at the point, Goss at the two Morrison at the three, Clark at the four, and Sabonis at the five. Oh, you kicked Rui out of his own top five. <laughs> I kicked it. And, I'll, hey, boys, I'll just leave it plain and simple. Last night I was listening to a, uh, an, like a Twitter live uh, interview with – it was Mark Few, Tom Izzo, um, oh, Rick, Rick Carlisle, and, and Seth Greenberg or whatever. And um, he basically just said that – Williams Goss was the best leader he had uh, he's ever coached. I don't see how you can leave that guy out considering we don't make the finals. We don't make the finals without him on the best team we've ever had. So I want him in the starting lineup for my Zags all time five. I mean, I like it. I, just the, the addition of Goss and pushing Morris into the uh, three just gives you so much more range, I feel. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, I do love a long-range Rui, too. Don't get me wrong. I love them. <laughs> Who but doesn't love them? three is larger than two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wonder, you know, I, as great as Rui was, I wonder if uh, him picking the team had anything to do with him sliding into his starting five. I mean, you got to pick yourself. He's also one of the highest-drafted <laughs> Zags ever, right? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. true, yeah. I think he's the highest. No, Morrison. Morrison was higher. Oh, yeah, that's Morrison true. Morrison and Stockton. Stockton wasn't drafted that high, I don't think, was he? Or was he 13? He might have been 13. Yeah. Yeah. I think Morrison's definitely the highest at like two or three. Yeah. Zamblin, you, you yeah. Guys, Morrison, Rui, sure Colin Stockton. And then Clark, I guess? Who knows? Something like that, <laughs> but that's that's a nice lineup. Uh, Zambi, how are you going to follow up that lineup? Let's let's hear your your five. Yeah, so um, obviously point guard going to be Stockton. Uh, shooting guard, I have Adam Morrison. Um, <clears throat> one of the funny stories, actually, um, it was the first night that we were in the house in Wallingford, and. We went down to Aussies. It was me, Jake Chan, and um, it was either Kurt 
or Barrett. I think it was Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just a, a shit ton of tequila shots. And I was like, oh my God, Adam Morrison's here. This is great. Ended up waking up in one of my neighbor's houses. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I ended up having to pay like 50, 60 bucks for a broken, um, for a broken uh, litter. <laughs> litter. A broken what? A kitty litter? <laughs> it was like a. <laughs> Uh, where did where did cats shit at? The, kitty, the litter what? litter box. <laughs> yeah, litter wait, box. Wait, litter what, box. What kitty litter box is worth sixty dollars? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, hey, you know. You know, I guess you named the price at that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll leave that story at that. <laughs> yeah, too much dirt on me. Uh, <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Did you or did you not shit in that box? I didn't shit in it, but uh, but he peed. They weren't too happy with me. <laughs> Fair enough. Love it. Uh, so for my three, it's kind of unconventional. I'm going to go with Grant Clark. Um, Grant Clark, I do have an interesting photo from college. I could sell for a lot of money on TMZ, but we're not going to do that because go Zags, and that's just reckless. Um, number four. Whoa, go whoa, 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 You can't But just watch out, Brandon Clark, because we got you, buddy. We, we got, got you. you. <laughs> Brandon Clark, you have to be on this pod or else Zambi releases the photo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw your turkey off at the 4 o'clock. Or, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, his hair was amazing, and I think he was really the tr- truly the first person to make the first step for international recruiting for Gonzaga. Um, so he's from France, great guy. Um, I've met him a couple times. Really uh, put Gonzaga on the map. And at the five, I have no one else but the Shemek Karnowski. Uh, one, he's one of the oh, winningest players in Gonzaga history. Also, he went to Kegs. He was a fan of the people. And two, up there with Nigel Williams Scott, one of the nicest people I've ever met. So, um, definitely a big fan of that. That's I do have a little – what's that? I was saying, and most wins in college basketball history goes to Shemek. Oh, exactly. Um, my closing comments here. Um, so I don't know if you guys know it or not, but back in 2004, 2005, I was a ball boy for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. <laughs> and uh, it was during warm-ups. If you guys remember Jeremy Pargo, oh, he actually yeah. sprained, it, sprained his finger <laughs> uh, with a bounce pass. And he was Ooh. so pissed off. Was it was it a bounce pass from you? Yeah, I was. Oh God, <laughs> me. He was so pissed. I mean, yeah. what for what were you nine at that time? I guess. Uh yeah, I think I was either like eight or nine. 
I mean, that's on Pargo. You got to be able to handle a, a nine-year-old's pass. <laughs> Zamblin's throwing knuckleballs at him, though, probably. <laughs> yeah, watch the fuck out. has the Slumdog Millionaire story of every Gonzaga player. <laughs> oh, Dang. That's a nice lineup. Well, filled with talent and sentiment and, and personal <laughs> memories. You can't beat it. But let's see if Zane can beat it. Zane, you're up. Well, Zamblin's lineup is presenting serious matchup issues for my lineup uh, with, with Brandon Clark at the three. Um, however, I'm going to try to compete uh, at, the, at the point guard. I feel like if you don't have John Stockton at your point guard position, you just don't know basketball. You got to have Stockton at your point guard. Like Paige, though, I just have way too much connection with Nigel Williams-Goss. The guy, for me, is, an, is if not the number one all-time Zag in my heart, he's got to be top three just for what he did for that championship team. The leader, I, give me Nigel. He'll develop a three. We'll put him at the two. Uh, he's going off. At the three, I like Adam. What are you talking about? Well, he's not, he's not like, he wasn't a standout three-point shooter, I wouldn't say. He was not a bad three-point shooter, though. He, but, like, if you had, you wouldn't have Nigel shooting the three. That's not your first choice. You would go to Perkins, Norvell. There were, there were better three-point shooters. Uh, and, we have better, and we have better three-point shooters on this team. Adam Morrison. At my three, that's a no-brainer. you got to have Morrison. He's up there with Stockton as far as Gonzaga lore, I would say. Uh, my four-five, I'm going with this, the, the Twin Towers here, just because we Uh-oh. didn't get it when Uh-oh. we were juniors. <laughs> I'm going Sabonis Karnowski. I oh. need that. <laughs> I need a Sabonis Karnowski. No one is going to touch the paint on this team. I'm slightly worried about our perimeter defense, but I need the Twin Towers. Could you imagine just the ESPN headlines? It would just be like a European flag. And just... <laughs> oh, man. Interesting. Interesting little twist there. I got I, I to gotta have Karnowski because I, I'll tell you what, and, and this is, again, sentimental value here with my Karnowski pick, but he's you know, winning his player, so there's that. But with Karnowski, I, freshman year, oh, my God, I could not stand Shemek Karnowski. I think that's across the board. Oh, he was the most frustrating player freshman year. And then senior year. Farm boy. Yeah, and then senior year. All you wanted was for Nigel to get him the ball because he was an automatic deuce. Every time with that little fadeaway lefty, give me, I need that. I need Shemek in my life. little kickout passes where he'd got to turn. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love – oh, my God. His little behind-the-back bonus where he's in the post, he's just like right behind the guy. Or he did the over the head a couple times. Oh, yeah. I need Shemek. I need Shemek on my team. Those are nice picks. Not a lot of range, but that's a – that's a. I mean, no one's scoring in the paint in the WCC against that duo. (laughs) No way. All right. all right, Jake. All, all hey, round home. Stuff, uh, uh, you know, best for last. Uh, point guard John Stockton. You know, there's just no way around it. Leader in assists and steals, all-time NBA. He's, he's your point guard. Uh, for uh, the number two, I'm going to have Adam Morrison, actually, 
Because I'm going a tall lineup. I'm doing Morrison at the two. Ooh. Then I'm doing a healthy Killian Tilly at the three. Ooh. Passing okay. ability your offense has, if you have Stockton and Tilly just, just out there, especially when you combine it with my post players of Brandon Clark and DeMontis Sabonis. We're getting wow. rebounds, and we're kicking it out to our, like, six foot nine. 44% three-point shooters, Morrison and Tilly, with Stockton running the show. It's unstoppable. The, it's the headline with Jake's team has to be that what, who I would consider be his favorite player, Rui Hachimura, didn't make the starting lineup. I, I mean, I think Rui has the most potential, of uh, not including Stockton, but of those players. But you got to go Clark in college because Clark pretty much did everything Rui did except better and more efficiently and rebounded. So that's fair. Uh, and block shot during games. Really had a couple games where you're like, wait a minute, like the Baylor game. It didn't matter because Clark put up 38 or whatever, but Rui had like four points. Yeah. I, I got a quick question. I'm looking at the rosters right now. I'm going over them in my head. Rui, who created this segment, didn't make a single person's lineup. <laughs> is, is that due to the fact that his stardom at Gonzaga was limited to just one year? Is, there, is that a factor in this whole thing? Because he was really only – but he was a star at Gonzaga for one year. He was the WCC player of the year the year before. I still, I still consider him a star only only his last year. I mean, I don't know. Clark only played for us one year, and I think he was yeah, on he three of our teams. Yeah, that's true. But he did have, like, the yeah. most efficient season of any NCAA player ever. Rui was the yeah. WCC player of the year in 2017? No, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he team? was. Or 2018, 2019. Well, that was his. That was the superstar year. That was the superstar year. He, no, he no. He last year was a superstar year, 2019. That oh, was no, his last no. year. <laughs> okay, sorry. The year before his superstar year, yeah, he was. Because we, like, didn't play him, and then we just, like, entered the WCC, and literally nobody could guard Are you talking him. about the tournament? No. Wait, Jake, you're confusing me. He was what, not the what? WCC Conference Player of the Year. Are you sure? Google that. It was Chuck Landale. It was Landale. Oh, it was? Yeah, he was the WCC checked, yeah. player of the year in 2019. That was his star year. Okay. But he yeah. still averaged, like, 14 points a game or something. But he wasn't a star, Jake. He wasn't a star. No one was really a star that year, I feel. Oh, <laughs> Nigel Shemek? Come on! Nigel Shemek with – wait, with Rui that year? No, you're now Zane, you're jumping a year ahead. Yeah, Damn it. Rui was Zane's never going gone. to the natty year. You're right, you're right, this you're right. A, no, it was this what? Perkins, Silas, Rui, Tilly, Norvell, Tilly, Clark. Clark wasn't no, on. No, Clark the, wasn't playing. Williams. Williams. It was Williams. Williams. Oh, that's right. That's Williams right. also, I, was consider- I just like Williams. He's just like a great defender. And that final, like a run to the finals, like he, 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 he was carried- like the best player on the court during a lot of those games. In a run to the final? Jonathan Williams? Yeah, he won, like, the, the West player of the tournament or whatever. MVP of the West <laughs> Conference. All right, all right, all right. Anywho, 
That is interesting that Rui didn't make it. Um, people are asking, like I said before, was it because he, uh, he he was making the list? I don't know. Great score, but I like you guys kind of touched on, I think Clark just kind of does everything better. You know, Rui kind of needs the ball to create, but Clark's picking up rebounds, blocking shots. Um, love to see it. Anywho, shall we transition, boys? I think so. We've been talking to uh, with Zambi for about an hour, but we haven't been interviewing. So Zane started off. <laughs> on, to the, on to the Zamblin interview here. Uh, first, Zamblin, tell us, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, so I had a little bit of a Gatorade. Um, <laughs> as of now, it's the Starburst IPA from Eclectic Brewing. It's a very nice IPA. It's not too hoppy. Tastes good and can definitely uh, bite your chomps. I love it. So a Faderade followed up by an IPA. That is a perfect lead-in to the Cinco de Mayo history segment by Christopher Zamblin. Zamblin, please educate the audience. What, what is so special about this holiday? What, what's the history? And then lastly, what does it mean to you? Well, honestly, uh, Cinco de Mayo is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, right out there with the uh, 4th of July. People kind of get misconstrued. They think that it's Independence Day from Mexico. However, that is not the case. This day commemorates the victory of the outnumbered Mexican army over the French army at the 1862 Battle of Puebla during the Second Franco-Mexican War. And so I think our viewers really didn't know that because it's just a huge misconception. Um, in other little fun facts here, um, the earliest data I could find um, in 2013, Americans, they spent over $600 million on beer for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> kind of interesting there. Uh, <laughs> some cities around, <laughs> around the country, they, they host Chihuahua races. Um, in honor of Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> which includes Chandler, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, and then in Longmont, Colorado, they also have a beauty pageant for the most pretty um, <laughs> beauty chihuahua and gal chihuahua. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh man, we should have uh, done uh, chihuahua races instead of UFC fighting. We really messed up here. <laughs> That's on me. I'll have a full, a full board ready for you guys next week on the Chihuahua races. <laughs> also, um, Americans actually drink more tequila than any, any other country, according to alcohol.org. Is that because of you, Zambi? Or did you put us over the top? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm drinking a Faderade right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's, let's see, I have uh, three more little fun facts for you guys here. Um, one of the most popular dishes in Mexico for Cinco de Mayo is mole poblano, contrary to tacos. And Mexican, or excuse me, Mexico's Independence Day is actually on September 16th. And during Cinco de Mayo, the Hard Rock Cafe in the Cayman Islands, they have an air guitar competition. 
Maybe electric. I need to do a podcast uh, trip out there next year. <laughs> oh boy, next year coming up. You're invited to me. Bring that headband. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's already sold. I think we got him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Alrighty, Zambi. Well, I guess I'll keep the ball rolling here. Um, you know, what's the gym regimen been looking like these days? You know, obviously we can't go to our beloved OAC. Um, what you've been up to in, in regards to the gym? Yeah, you know, it's been, uh, it's been pretty tough. Um, me along with uh, special guest Zang, we have our stationary bikes. Bike gang. And, <laughs> gang gang. Uh, and so just been hitting the Daily Dime, similar to, to Michael Mabry. And so it's been great. Um, aside from that, uh, one of my buddies from Spokane actually has a workout routine. It's 20 rounds, 50 sit-ups, 5 burpees, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. You do that 20 times? <laughs> 20 rounds, yeah. It's absolutely brutal. Jesus. Good God. 50 sit-ups, I'm like, well, there we go for this week. <laughs> Zimmer, is, is, is the booty able to maintain its figure during this time? That's what the, that's what the real the, – the ladies want to know. Yeah, I, I mean, I need a bounce off that thing. <laughs> I mean, the booty's been doing all right. Uh, it's nothing what it was, but um, just trying to maintain until I can get the the squats back, you know? I mean, so, the mustache makes up for it, for the raw magnetism. So, you know, you're covered. <laughs> people, people forget it is the year of the booty, so we got to find our way to get around it. Yeah, I just need to find a girl from quarantine to just like bench press, excuse me, not bench press, just to squat. Mm. Well, you can do both. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of the ladies, uh, you know, everyone here on the pod, we're 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 all taken, we're all domesticated, if you will. Um, what's it like <laughs> uh, in this quarantine world? Uh, what's the dating scene like? And um, any tips for any of our viewers who are looking to, you know, keep that spark alive and find a, a, a nice lady or, or fella? Talking to you, Cooper. Talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's been rough, man. I'll be honest. Uh, mostly just sticking to Tinder, Bumble for the most part. Um, apparently, Tinder Transport, which is, like, where people from other cities can, like – say hey i'm in seattle that's been a real big issue because i've been matched with like some colombians and they're like seven thousand miles away so that's not <laughs> super chill <laughs> but uh <laughs> as you guys know i do have an affinity for the south american ladies um <laughs> you're the booty <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh but uh in other news um if you guys remember that crazy brazilian chick who uh puked in my uber that one time uh which one I just, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna name names <laughs> but uh she is the one who wanted me to give her a baby <laughs> Oh. Oh boy. Zip that. Oh boy. 
boy. So Zamblin, are you able to like, is the dating right now just like <clears throat> texting and messaging? That, that's pretty much it, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, I guess you're saving money uh, on, on, on not a lot of dates. Uh, speaking, so you have the South American type Super Bowl halftime show. Are you a Shakira guy or a Jennifer or a J-Lo guy? Ooh, this yeah. is big. Shakira. Yes. Okay, good. I'm all on board the Shakira. What about you, Jay Page? I'm right there with you. Although you got to tip your cap to J-Lo. She put out a oh, hell of a performance. I'm just a Shakira guy. I'm just a Shakira guy. Doing through. Go with, go with J-Lo. It, it was tough, though, because going into it, I was all aboard the J-Lo bandwagon. All aboard, and Shakira, oh. Shakira really just blew her away. She had a hell of a performance. Yeah, you know, those hips—they don't lie, you know. <laughs> well, we're That's a fair point. Focusing on, uh, so for any tips, what's what's your what's your go-to line on a Tinder or Bumble? I guess Bumble—they have to message you first, right? But but Tinder, what's yeah. your what's your opening line, or does it vary? Um, so it's gone back and forth. Um, my go-to is if you were um, a breakfast food, what would you be and why? Um, the worst answer I've ever gotten has been scrambled eggs. And <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just That's say from a girl called the... Barb. <laughs> she wasn't the most modest of uh, individuals. We'll say that. Um, what is your answer and why? Um, so I'm bacon because I sizzle. Um, most oh, people like my God. <laughs> And uh, I can always use the joke. Uh, my name is Chris P. Bacon. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Get out of here. Paige, Paige, what would, what would, what's your breakfast food and why? Oh man, you put me on the spot, dude. Uh, does it have to be a food or can it be a condiment? Could be a condiment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh baby, I'm salsa because I'm spicy. Ooh. Oh man, I was gonna say I'm chorizo because I'm spicy. Oh yeah, chorizo sucks though. What? I hate chorizo. And on Cinco de Mayo, on Cinco de Mayo, nonetheless, blasphemy. Hey, I've, I've stayed by it. I don't like chorizo. Oh man. It's okay. I support you. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you guys got to answer. What? What? Uh, what? What breakfast foods are you? Jake. Oh, I'm Jake. Uh, <laughs> eggs and bakey. Let's get going. Eggs and cheddar cheese. <laughs> I'm a nice breakfast casserole, actually. <laughs> a quiche. An egg quiche. Nice tea. A plain egg quiche. Uh, a lox and a, a schmear bagel? <laughs> Jake's, Jake's a, a lox and schmear guy for sure. Honestly, though, I love having that. That's what I do with any leftover salmon. You have that on your bagel the next morning. Extra capers. Uh, I'm not a capers guy. I just oh. like fish. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, well, Zamblin. Speaking of food, you're you're quite the uh, you become the culinary uh, expert lately. So, what uh, what expert tips do you have for our listeners during this time? Are there any trends going around right now? Um. So my next dish I'm looking at. Uh, I've made it once before. It's uh, lamb euros and 
Feta fries. Ooh. Super good. Um, if you guys follow Cafe Harvest, uh, she has a ton of great recipes. Definitely hey, No free it. plugs, Zanny. No we free ads. <laughs> Sorry. Hashtag El <laughs> There it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I've been kind of lazy on cooking, honestly, lately. But um, oh. I know it's, it's kind of disappointing. But um, I did get a couple enchiladas today, a couple tacos, and some chips and salsa. So that was great. Question, question. For the, uh, for the lamb euros, when you get the, the euro meat, is it the ones that kind of look like bacon slices? Yeah, yeah. I'll do those. And then uh, you just need some tzatziki sauce. Tzatziki, tzatziki, at Cooper Hoon. <laughs> and then, I mean, the, the feta fries are super easy. Um, if any listeners want the recipe, just let me know. Do you, okay. Is it like a wrap or is it like a bowl? You know what I mean? Like uh, it, It's it's more of a wrap. It's in a, a year. It's a year. So. Nice. Well, there's, you know, there's like, I feel like a couple restaurants, it's like they have euros and it's like you can choose it in the wrap or like on the plate. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. The plate, the plate of euro. I've been ordering from Mr. Euro a lot lately here in uh, that yeah. place there goes my euro. That's what that would be. Right. My euro restaurant. Love yeah, it. I love it. Other than that, just, uh, just keeping it chill. I was able to uh, make some bratwurst with Brian Woolley the other day. So Ooh. that was very nice. Did and, he go over uh, to his place? Did he go over to your place? How'd that work? Um, so he's over in Ballard right now. But um, obviously we kept six to the distance. So wasn't anything too crazy. <laughs> a couple guys making some brats. I love it. That's how you keep socializing alive. Uh, nice. <laughs> the literal sausage party is what you had. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, um, great. I think the only thing we really have on our set agenda for tonight, um, you know, there was word on the street that you were in the running for a for a new pup. Um, you know, we're all curious. You know, how's that going? Yeah. Um, so I had this little gal. Her name was Sandy. Um, Basically, um, it was out of an adoption place from Texas, and I was really hoping to get her, but apparently there was like 300 applications for her, and so um, even having a background in, um, um, yeah, sorry, it's a Faderade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's catching up with him. <laughs> Um, basically, uh, there's so many people that um, I just didn't have the opportunity to, but um, I was really relying on my experience as an uh, development representative for Spokane County Rescue Animal Protective Services. Really thought that would work, but uh, apparently did not. But um, as for right now, um, just talking to other people, seeing where the pups are at, but uh, Hopefully we'll have one here in the next couple weeks. Nice. That's awesome. In the words of uh, Cooper Hewn, you like those puppies? And uh, clearly you do. So <laughs> love to well, hear it. You love Zimbley, to hear it. If you're looking for a place, we got, and be careful, disclaimer, Pangos came from this place. 
Um, <laughs> you want something to just pump your leg or any yeah. gas. You want something to just terrorize your life and, and ruin the sleep that you used to enjoy. There's, I, it's Paws, Paws Wildlife Center uh, in Linwood. And apparently they get like, I don't know what's going on now because I think dog adoption is pretty popular. But when we were looking for pangos, they... Uh, they said they get like puppies every weekend over there. Yeah, didn't you say it was like every Friday or something like that? Yeah, it's like Friday or yeah, it's something like that. But I don't, I, so I don't know what their deal is now. But when we went, they had a shit ton of dogs over there. I don't know how we ended up with this asshole. Or but, you know, <laughs> get the old dog approach. There's something to be said to get with like the eight-year-old, like kind of grizzled dog who's just like, I just want to hang out. Not bad dog. <laughs> It's fair. It's fair. Jimmy, why are you holding basketball, man? Oh, <laughs> huh? oh, I don't know. It's just over by me. I'm just grabbing it. He's an athlete. Did you not know he's an athlete? He's always got to show it. I got to get my shots up. Basketball, baby. <laughs> All right, fellas. If there's no other questions from us, uh, shall we move on to the questions from the public, from the BB lot itself? Let the plebs hey. talk. Let them get right. their questions in. This first question, uh, Daniel and Serpy, popular uh, <laughs> questioner. Mm, pervasive. I wouldn't say popular. Yeah, pervasive, correct. We're still waiting for him to uh, do his intern duties. He is not. However, Daniel wants to inquire about the Zamblin Googlies. Zambi, can you explain to the audience the Googlies? What we know, what we experience when we see the googlies. What does Zamblin experience when he has the googlies? Uh, well, <laughs> all I can say is there's nothing like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, take a special concoction, and uh, you know, here and far between gets the. Uh, they get the the pleasure of experiencing that, but uh, it's like a, a Jason Veritex stamp, you know. It's like you'll see it a few times, but you gotta be lucky. You gotta be <laughs> game five ALCS, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh baby, that was that was the perfect answer. I think Dan will be happy. However, Dan. <laughs> Dan did have a follow-up question, uh, but this is more of a fill-in-the-blank Zamblin, so hopefully we're not catching you off guard here. So <laughs> fill-in-the-blank. You ready? Uh, Amy. The real question is blank. Wait, what? The real question is blank. Fill in that blank for us. Uh, shit. Uh... It has to be Lang Lang. The real question is Lang Lang. <laughs> Lang Lang. <laughs> you guys want to hear the story behind it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so apparently, I didn't even go to this uh, public school in Spokane, but apparently there was a guy on the bus. <laughs> His name was Lang. <laughs> and uh, he was causing a ruckus. And the bus driver turns around, she's like, Lang! 
I will turn the fuck around <laughs> if you do not shut the fuck up. <laughs> so the whole story about Ling is some random kid that was on a public bus and it got, from the, got yelled at. The public school system of Spokane is where Ling Ling came from. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you, you so you don't actually know this individual Ling? <laughs> no, I know friends of friends. <laughs> what school? Was that a high school bus? Middle school? What are we talking? Uh, so it says Chase Middle School, and I think he went to Ferris. Lang! <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that. Lang, Lang. I always assumed it was an ASU thing. <sighs> Lang. Lang. <laughs> all right, all right. Next question from the public, and I'm going to have to filter out a couple here for your sake <laughs> as well as mine, Zamblin. Uh, and we'll move on to a question from Cooper Hoon. Uh, and Cooper has sort of developed his own segment here of Fuck, Mary Kill. Um, he, this is his favorite question, apparently. But he goes, Fuck, Mary Kill. Are you ready, Zamblin? The riff? Half gallons of Vitaly <laughs> in the Raj. You have to fuck, marry, and kill one of each. Uh, well, we all know I can't kill the Raj. The Raj so. can never die. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I'm going to be killing Vitaly because there's other shitty vodkas I can drink. <laughs> now, when we say killing it, do you mean you're just going to kill it as in one gulp or do you mean murder it? Uh, what's the context of the question? <laughs> fuck, fuck, Mary, kill. Uh, man, I thought Dave was giving you the clever lawyer loophole there. Yeah. Uh, I'll stand by it. Uh, I'm going to kill Vitaly. This just in. Chris Amblin kills Vitaly. And who, who are you I, fucking and who are you marrying? Uh, what are the other two options? <laughs> it was the Riff and the Raj. Uh, so I'm going to marry the Raj because you guys are fucking tight. <laughs> um, yeah, then that comes up to the riff. Um, last time I said the riff, honestly, the bartender was just so wasted. <laughs> he was going drink left and right. And I'm like, holy shit, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> and, and then legit, uh, this guy... He is not at the bar for about 10, 15 minutes. Just comes out of, if you guys have been to the Riff, you know how small the bathroom is there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this guy comes out with another girl, and he's just looking a lot more spritzy, has a lot of energy. I'm like, okay, either this guy just banged out or <laughs> just a couple line skis of Colombian Bam Bam, you know? <laughs> Uh, also a fan of South America. <laughs> oh, keep it going. <laughs> Are you worried about any potential diseases you could catch from fucking the riff? Uh, you know, what doesn't kill me makes the stronger. Raj <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the Raj, we're all clean. <laughs> I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, minus uh, Dan and, um, what's your name, Alexa? <laughs> wink wink 
<laughs> all right, well, I'm all out of questions for Zamblin. <laughs> oh, man. Electric factory. Oh, you can edit that out. <laughs> Boomerang that, Dan. Whack. Or I guess Cooper asked the question. Oh, boy. All righty. <laughs> I think on that note, we'll end out with a bang. Um, <laughs> Um, Zambi, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, watch your DMs as uh, people will be hitting up the, uh, you know, uh, hitting you up on the recipes, the food recipes. So be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, um, you know, we'll probably have you on in the near in the near future. So uh, take it easy, Zambi. It sounds like a good plan, man. Take it easy, guys. Stay safe out there. And then until next time, much love. Go Zags. Go Zags. Go Zags, baby. Go Zags. All righty. Well, that, that, that segment was brought to you by El Yucateco Spicy Hot Sauce, baby. That was a spicy, uh, spicy hot take. Spicy hot takes. You love to hear it. Um, well, great. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, Zambi, for hopping on. Um, and I think we're going to end with our uh, closing announcements. Uh-oh, wait uh, a minute, wait a minute. Breaking news, breaking news uh-oh. here. Boop. Uh-oh. Boop, boop, We just got a new follower on Twitter. Ooh. Judge Shelly Zamblin has followed oh. the pod. And oh, yeah. A tweet. We have officially made it. We have infiltrated the Washington State judicial system, ladies Can't and gentlemen. Can she make us the official podcast of the washington legal system <laughs> that could help uh you know you pass the bar zane you know a little little not grease wrong. not wrong a little, not wrong. A little wink wink your first judges <laughs> they look at you they're like he's from my favorite podcast i'm gonna allow his motions to pass or objections to be <laughs> demanded or overruled i'm not quite sure how it works Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's pretty electric. Love to hear that. Thank you, uh, Ms. Judge Shelley Zamblin. Um, I guess, you know, from here, boys, um, any, any quick thought? I mean, we've, been, we've gone pretty long, but any quick thoughts on the Last Dance documentary? The blonde security guy who looks like he should be in Tiger King or Waco winning money from Jordan on that quarter toss game. That was my favorite part of the, all. The shrug. The shrug was the best part of it when he turned around. He did it twice. He did that after the shrug, right? Like after Jordan did it. Timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. 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 If that's where Jordan had got in the shrug, that would have been even better. Oh, boy. That would have been funny. Yeah, that was that was definitely a highlight for me. Um, I think it, I don't know. It was a, it was a pretty interesting couple of episodes. Um, honestly, this is just like, real, it's just like a really good documentary series and I'm really into it. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the next ones. Yeah. I, I'll just go on record saying things got a little more serious. I would say in, in, uh, if not the last episode, the episode before, uh, I, I would like to go on record in defending Michael Jordan against the media and attacking him for his gambling problem, that is bullshit. There was no problem. That Gambling is what makes America, America. 
That is yeah. true. That's like one of the only things that can drive our economy right now is online gambling. Yes, and that's why all that's why Governor Inslee allowed gambling to an extent. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, it, it's pretty funny how he would say, "Like, are we homeless? Like, do I can I still provide for my kids and put food on the table for them?" Yes, I can. So that being said, it's not a problem. You know, it's it's just fun coupons for him. In the words of Jordan Belfort, it's just fun coupons. So it was. Uh, it's pretty. It was a tough look, him giving the interview with the glasses, being like, man, I don't have a problem. I could stop anytime I want. I just like it. It also hurts. Also, like, Charles Barkley had a way bigger gambling problem. If you ever see, like, interviews with him where he's like, how much have I lost gambling? 20 million. Like, it's just crazy. (laughs) Like, but, yeah, like, I can't remember which reporter in the documentary was like, well, you got to remember, like, Michael Jordan losing 10000 it's like us losing $10. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And you're like, that hurts. Because, like, that's like, – like, I wish I had that savings. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's just – Yeah, you're like, telling me. Whole five, he's already bet that much. Yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you. It's, it's put things into perspective on, like, how loaded he actually is. And it's funny because he can still do that. And he's probably making more money now. It's just crazy. Um, and he only did it for the competitive rush, too. That was his thing. He, he was addicted to competing, which I think is – it's, like, awesome, but it's also just, like – it kind of just shows you how intense he was. But, um, you know, we're looking forward to that next week. Um, we definitely don't have a guest pick for next week. So keep, keep tuned into Twitter for that. Uh, any last thoughts, boys? Who is the next guest? Possibly you. <laughs> uh, I guess well, when we, are we? When are, I was just gonna say, when are we opening the uh, the the competition for the for the golfing thing? Now that we're able to to golf. Yes, yes. Talent show reminder: it is still open. Currently, we only have one submission, and it was by all means a not great talent. So you don't have to do much. To win this competition as of now. <laughs> so who submitted? Who submitted one? I didn't even see this. We don't we don't want to name names early here. We don't want to call people out. Someone has submitted it. You know who you are. And it and it wasn't great. It was lazy. Hey, that is a call to arms to others. There. The effort, what I mean, they submitted a video. Yes. Yes. So uh, like a 30-second video, something small, show us a talent. It could be the littlest thing. Flip a little water bottle, let Our it land. Tricks. Water bottle flips. Free golf. You also get a 30 rack on JPage. Submit those videos, people. Nerf basketball shots. We love all of it. We love it all, baby. We love it all. Anything Sports Center will show on their Instagram, that can be your talent. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. The last thing was we had a potential sponsor recently as you may have followed on Twitter. However, uh, and this is slightly breaking news right here, I am calling for the podcast to disembow, to attack this company. Uh, You might have heard of them, Liquor 43. In fact, they approached us. They commented on our uh, Will Lynn post where we talked about uh, cocktails during quarantine, and they made a post offering their beverage and then offering their uh, cocktail recipes. 
We looked it up, a whack site. I think it could be a fraud. Um, I went back to look at the tweet right now and they have deleted that tweet since reaching out to us after we reached back out to them. Uh, Zamblin even reached out to them. So I'm calling for a war on Liquor 43. We are coming after you. You just brought on the boys and lots of toys. Shameful. Oh. Shameful by them. And there's a reason Will Lynn never used their alcohol in his, in his father's TikToks because they believe in America, not something made mm-hmm. in Spain or España, as, as the locals call it. And um, also, we have a surprise uh, drop tonight. We're going to post Will and his dad just did a special Cinco de Mayo quarantini TikTok that we're going to post tonight with this episode. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I have Absolutely. to say is it's it's nice to have you know good sponsors like Will Lynn's dad and El Yucateco who just who are there for you when you need them and they don't abandon okay. you like Liquor Forty Three if you are a real company. Rods, disgusting speck of the earth. Talk, I don't even remember what their name was. They're just a thing in the past now, but I don't even know how to spell. Alrighty, <laughs> alrighty. Well, on that note. Um, fuck that company, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay safe. Good luck.